0: JobsWork MKE presents Bringing Trauma to Work, A Guide to Understanding and Managing Employees in Distress. Part 1. What is trauma? How to define it and why it's so widespread? The term trauma is widely used, overused, many experts say, to describe a variety of experiences, even normal stress. Just what is trauma? Here's a little quiz. Which of these events qualify as traumatizing? A. A drunk driver crashes into your car. B. As a child, you witness your father hitting your mother. C. At work, your boss makes an unwanted sexual advance to you. The correct answer? Well, it's kind of a trick question, because any or all of the above could be traumatizing. Two people who experience the same traumatic event can respond differently. It depends on three things, says Tim Grove, Senior Director of Trauma-Informed Strategy and Practice at WellPoint Care Network. Number one, he says, is the intensity of the event itself. The individual
1: perceives a threat to their physical or emotional integrity or somebody or something close to them. But that's not the whole game, if you will.
0: Because experiencing a traumatic event does not necessarily mean you'll be traumatized. A lot depends on the second part of the definition of trauma, how you react to the event.
1: Whether that event overwhelms my individual and collective ability to cope. He says friends, family,
0: even a co-worker can help lessen the impact.
1: So the example we often give in in the world of people struggling is, do you have a shoulder to cry on? Do you have somebody who will literally put their arm around you and sort of comfort and soothe you after the event? And literally, when that happens, it can have a powerful mitigating effect on whether that event becomes traumatic for that person long-term.
0: The third part, if you're overwhelmed, does that result in your inability to function? So if I'm a kid,
1: and I'm trying to focus in school, but I keep having these flashbacks to the sort of traumatic thing that happened to me. I can't focus, I can't concentrate, I can't pay attention. Eventually the teacher notices and starts to say, hey, wait a minute, something's going on. And we've now got difficulty navigating life, difficulty in functioning. That interference in functioning is where we hit our third criteria. So we would argue when all three things are true, uh, perceived threat to sort of physical or emotional integrity, that threat overwhelms my individual and collective ability to manage it or respond to it, and it leads to difficulty in functioning. That's what we call trauma.
0: Trauma often stems from childhood experiences. Healthcare professionals use a 10-question form to determine if and how much a child was exposed to trauma. The questionnaire is called Adverse Child Events, or ACEs. The questions focus on abuse, either emotional, physical, or sexual, neglect, emotional or physical, or family dysfunction, violence against a mother, substance abuse, mental illness, separation or divorce, or an incarcerated household member. ACEs are common. Six of 10 American adults report having had at least one ACE. Nearly four of 10 experienced two or more, and one of six experienced four or more. Adverse events are more common for minorities and low-income populations. And studies have found a direct link between childhood trauma and chronic disease, mental illness, incarceration, employment challenges, and difficulty forming stable relationships. The higher number of ACEs, the greater the risk for these outcomes. But the ACE questionnaire focuses only on childhood experiences. Adults experience trauma, too. And the questionnaire only asks about some sources of trauma. Others include natural disasters, school shootings, serious accidents, terrorist attacks, combat, and vicarious trauma. That's witnessing or learning about someone else's traumatic events. You're also more likely to be traumatized if you live in a community with certain risk factors, such as high rates of violence and crime poverty, unemployment, or unstable housing where residents move frequently. Dimitri Topitsis, PhD, has studied trauma in Milwaukee neighborhoods with high rates of poverty and crime. He's a professor at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee and co-founder and director of clinical services at the Institute for Child and Family Wellbeing. Over 90% of the people in those communities have experienced at least one significant interpersonal experience of trauma in their life. And, and many have experienced multiple. Being a victim of a violent crime, whether that's a physical assault, a robbery, seeing someone get assaulted or even shot and killed. Maybe as a child experiencing child physical or sexual abuse. So some kind of coercion or violence that takes place um, in, the, in the social sphere, in the, in, in the relational sphere. He estimates 25 to 30 percent of residents he and colleagues screened in Milwaukee would be diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD. That's higher than combat veterans, who are diagnosed at the rate of 14 to 20 percent. C.J. Jackson sees this firsthand. She works at Jobs Work MKE, a nonprofit that helps disadvantaged Milwaukee residents find sustainable employment.
2: It is crazy to me. I'm, ta- I'm talking to my nine-year-old goddaughter, and she can tell me kids that she knows that have been killed. She's nine. You know, but everybody you meet, got a story. My cousin, the kid I grew up with, my classmate, my brother. You know, you heard about the shooting? Yeah, well, that was my little brother. And I haven't been quite the same since.
0: Even without crime, living in poverty makes you at greater risk for experiencing trauma, with its impact potentially lasting a lifetime. According to the Wisconsin Office of Children's Mental Health, A child growing up in poverty experiences a toxic level of stress. They often have trouble managing their emotions and ability to form healthy relationships, which inhibits their ability to reach their full adult potential. In Milwaukee, 24% of residents live in poverty and the unpredictability and insecurities it brings.
2: When you've been hungry, when, when your family struggles with food insecurity, hunger is your norm. And a full belly... It's something that you think about, you wonder about, but it's not something that's for you.
0: She says that damages self-esteem. Poverty
2: is not just about the economics. It's about a lack of a lot of other things, too. The economic lack, the economic deficits are what's obvious but what that does to an individual on the inside and what he or she thinks of him or herself and how they interact in the world is colored by those experiences.
0: The result, an increased risk for anxiety, depression, poor physical health, and drug abuse. Just being a person of color can be traumatic. Dr. Bruce Perry is a child psychiatrist, neuroscientist, and noted trauma expert. In the book he co-wrote with Oprah Winfrey called What Happened to You? He says, to be excluded or dehumanized in an organization, community, or society you are part of results in prolonged, uncontrollable stress. Marginalization, he says, is a fundamental trauma. Mark Fossey agrees. He's a therapist at WestCare Wisconsin who works with many trauma survivors of color.
2: Blatant racism is an anticipated, expected, uh, but when it's systemic, when it's built inside the system, but people feel it and know it, it's worse.
0: That's true, says Jackson of Jobs Work MKE. The day I was born,
2: the trauma started. Because I was born into a society in the world that didn't want me. You know that. You know that. It's in every fiber of your life. So, yeah, and then add to it all the stuff that goes with being part of a historically, a historically oppressed group or marginalized group.
0: Research has demonstrated racism's effect on the brain. Scientists at the Milwaukee Trauma Outcomes Project studied the brains of people who have experienced racial discrimination and compared them to those who have experienced trauma not related to racism. Terry Darun Cassini is co-founder of the Milwaukee Trauma Outcomes Project and an associate professor in the Division of Trauma and Acute Care Surgery at the Medical College of Wisconsin. What this really suggests to us is that race-based discrimination is another form of trauma. It activates the same regions of the brain and it it, um, fires the same way an individual exposed to trauma would experience the same brain-level firing. The P of post-traumatic stress disorder, the post part, is often inaccurate for people living in neighborhoods with high rates of crime and poverty. As Tim Grove puts it, there's nothing post about their trauma. It's really more continuous.
1: What if those events not only happened 20 years ago, but they happen every day? And this possibility and reality that that threat will be present today when I wake up, tomorrow when I wake up, and the day after.
0: As a result, trauma survivors tend to live on high alert. That could damage their physical and emotional health and create barriers to finding and keeping a job. We'll explore that later in this series of reports. Next, what it's like to live with PTSD. One man shares his childhood trauma and its lifelong impact. That's part two in bringing trauma to work.